Welcome to the Governance Podcast with me, Mike Simmons. And me, Don Harrison. Well, as you may know, the Governance Podcast is a partnership between the Diocese of Chichester, Chelmsford and now Liverpool. Liverpool. But it is suitable and appropriate for governors from any diocese across all Church of England schools, so we hope you find it beneficial. Well, this is episode 17, and thinking really more of uh, a start to the current academic year here on the podcast. So we're going to focus on the hopes that the two of us have for governance in this academic year, and uh, a conversation that we're going to start called Open the Book. We'll say no more, but begin with Dawn. What hopes do you have for governance this year? Thanks, Mike. I think for me, my my big hope, my big dream for um, for governors uh, this year is that they put um, Christ at front and centre. So I quite often that we get business agendas and we get through the business and then at the end we think oh we really should pray or oh we haven't really spoke about our Christian distinctiveness oh look it's eight o'clock and we really need to go home um so I would love to see the Christian distinctiveness um front and center center top of the agenda everything done through the eyes of we are a Christian school we are distinctly Christian uh, and I am convinced if governors have the confidence to do that, to put Christ front and centre, then um, the rest will follow a lot smoother and a lot easier. But I know that is a big hope and a big dream. There are what some, about you, Mike? Well, there are some some quick wins on that, aren't there? I, I, I've been oh. saying to people recently, you know, make sure that Christian distinctiveness or preparing for Siams or call it what you like, um, being a church school is, you know, really at the top of the agenda, not the last item, which is often has been the case. And similarly, and it, I hope it's not too late to actually have that conversation to ensure that it's not just an add-on or the final point on the school development or improvement plan. You know, this is what makes a church school. So let's make it, as you say, front and centre. For me, I think one of the hopes is uh, around the new science framework and, of course, Austin inspections. I don't like to be defined by inspections, but I think I'd long that in this this year and in the future, we see both of those inspection schedule frameworks, call them what we like, to be developmental, not some onerous thing to get through. And I know that's easier to say than do, but there's so many benefits from looking at what is being expected of us and recognising new ways of um, moving forward as a school, not for inspection, but perhaps informed by inspection frameworks. I noticed last week that uh, uh, they say Ofsted is switching back to exam results. Well, whatever you think of that politically and in terms of inspection, let's make sure we don't switch back to the exclusion of the more no. important things in our schools. Uh, have you got another hope or is that is that your big hope that you shared with us? That is Yeah, that's that's my um that's my big that's my big my big hope, my big dream Correct. um for our for our governors. Well, all of that, of course, that we've both speak spoken to is is about people, isn't it? it as much as about plans mm. and 
monitoring and all those other things that governance is about. So I've been thinking about that uh, big issue of how we support the well-being of our head teachers this year. Uh, I'm already hearing stories of head teachers really under pressure, uh, even just within the first month of term. So how do we as governing boards look after, particularly our head teachers, bearing in mind that um, head teachers are looking after their staff? And we may have some conversations around mm-hmm. that and we may support them or probably should support them in that. But what about the head teacher? Who looks after them? Uh, what can we do as boards of governors? I went to um, the farewell service for an archdeacon in the in uh, in Chelmsford uh, this last weekend. And he was quoted as having said in advice to other people, when overwhelmed, press pause. Now, I'm trying to take that to heart because sometimes I get mm. overwhelmed. Our head teachers get very overwhelmed. And maybe our part is to encourage them to press pause. He went on apparently to advise ask yourself what would happen today if you did nothing and advise God is still on the case. Now, there will be instances if you did nothing, there will be risk to people, to children, to whatever. But a lot of the paperwork and the decisions that we need or head teachers need to make, sometimes pressing pause and not doing anything can be as effective in the long run as uh, carrying on regardless and actually making bad decisions because you're too overwhelmed to see the wood for the trees, Mm. to use a metaphor. I I don't know whether that will be helpful to you. I like I I like that idea of um, pressing pause and and I don't question an archdeacon, but I wonder if you add something onto it, press pause and pray. Yeah. So what, so you pause, you walk away from your desk, you walk around the building, you see children and you pray, you thank God for the joy that is your school, no matter what chaos is at your desk. I think you're absolutely right. And in some ways, that's what happened to me only yesterday. I had been to this service on Sunday and heard this said. Uh, I didn't join the dots at all. Yesterday, I was feeling overwhelmed, too many priorities, too many people wanting to hear from me simultaneously, etc. In the end, in the afternoon, I just walked away from my desk and sat down in my lounge. Mm -hmm. It was only about 10 minutes. I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I probably didn't even pray which I should have done. So thank you for the reminder. But it made a world of difference to the next hour and a half, two hours when I was back at my desk. Well, there's some hopes for you to reflect on. What are your hopes? I wonder if you've identified any for this year. We're going to conclude this uh, episode by opening the book. Lots of schools will have opened the book, come in and take collective worship, telling Bible stories. So maybe in the podcast from time to time, we'll open the Bible and we'll just speak briefly about a passage that could be relevant to governance. And we're starting today with the feeding of the 4,000. Uh, Sorry, it was only men that were counted. You know what it was like then, very different from now. Uh, So there probably could have been upwards of 8,000 people 
present at this amazing miracle of Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, if you want to read it for yourself. And I like some points that I've, uh, that were drawn from this by uh, John Maxwell, uh, a leadership management trainer in the States. Uh, and first of all, um, essentially, he de deepened his credibility by saving a massive problem, uh, which was a hungry crowd. What have you identified from what uh, John said? I think I like when um, they started off in um, there's a there's a problem. There's four thousand people, and they're going to need feeding um, at some time. And um, in verse 32, Jesus called his disciples and said, "I have compassion for these people." They have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. So it wasn't just a problem that Jesus tried to deal with on his own. He drew his disciples around him and he explained the problem. So I'm sort of hoping and we know going forward that one of the disciples answered. So Jesus um involved the disciples and they worked together as a team. And I think um, there's something for governors to learn in that about being a team. Governors work best when they work as a team, when they work in collaboration, when they work together. And so much of governors meetings, you arrive, there is business, you have very little time um, for networking with each other, for getting to know each other, for getting to know each other's hopes and fears, both for themselves and for the school. That I wonder um, if there's some way of listening to that archdeacon and pressing pause for governors so that governors can get uh, to know each other. Uh, one of the stories I heard from a school at the end of last term was their last governing body meeting in the summer. They had a business meeting, but they kept it to one hour. And then they did a barbecue for all the governors so that all the governors could get to meet all the staff. It was governors and barbecue staff, um, staff barbecue. And I just thought that was a really good good way, I thought, um, for everybody to get to know each other. And you might not have the funds. You might be sat here listening to me going, well, that's all right, Dawn. That school clearly have got the funds or somebody to run a barbecue. But actually, you can do it. You can do it easily as well. Just open, you know, if your governing body meeting starts at four, see if they want to come at four th at 3.30 um, and have team biscuits. It's not, it, it doesn't have to cost the earth. It doesn't have to be a massive event, but um, just um, try and get to know, try and get to know each other, I would say. That's really important. I thought for a moment you were going to ask them or suggest they come to the governing body half an hour late. Uh when you said 4 <laughs> no <laughs> uh, no we certainly Wrong timing. recommend that we recommend finding ways of not just being people who turn up for the meeting and uh, supposedly are going to be able to work as a team i see from the text that jesus didn't come up with the solution uh, which is a really interesting point because he must have known what he was going to do if we know anything about jesus and certainly was capable of uh, doing whatever he thought was sensible in the circumstances. But he simply says, I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. How real is that? Uh, Jesus identifying with uh, with the people, the, the mass crowd, as it were. Uh, and so he, he kind of says in answer to the disciples who kind of think, well, we can't do anything about this. There's just far too many people and not enough food. Um, so he says, 
how many loaves do you have? And here is an interesting way in which Jesus is prodding away by asking questions. We all know that governance is about asking questions. And where there's a situation that needs a solution, where there are people uh, and circumstances that need uh, us to find a way forward, that it's really important to ask the right questions. And I have found that that sometimes Mm. there'll be people, governors, who need time to think about that. We throw a lot of things at them in a report or in an agenda item. But uh, I remember one lady who rarely took part in the meetings. She was as quiet as a mouse. Mm -hmm. But then I identified that she needed space and time to work through on an issue or situation. So what we did was gave her a task to research for the following meeting. Mm -hmm. It's not always time to do that, of course. I recognise that. But where it's possible to involve people in thinking through the challenge or the situation to bring some suggestions or solutions, uh, I think we'll find there's uh, a huge amount of benefit in that. And certainly that's how it worked out in the rest of the story, didn't it, Dawn? Mm-hmm. Exactly worked out in in the rest of the the rest of the story, Mike, because we we read that Jesus that um he got them he got the disciples to tell everybody to tell the crowd to sit down on the ground. So he involved everybody um in in the problem solving. Um and I'm working with a school at the moment who's revisioning. So I'm working with governors to think about what their gov- what their vision is, making sure because this head teacher wants Christ front and center. But interestingly, she's asked me to work with her senior leadership team. They've asked me to work with their parents and with their staff. So as much as the new science framework says we don't need to do all of this, actually, this school wants to. They want to involve everybody in this. It's not really a problem, but in this uh, getting Christ front and centre in in their school. So and I, and I think it's really interesting that that they're they're doing this. Um, and in some ways, they're following what Jesus was doing in this passage of involving everybody, um, uh, involving everybody, so that we can find a uh, find a solution. So the lunch or the food that was distributed met the need. This is the nature of a miracle. Absolutely uh, can't be explained or explained away. I would suggest, and everyone's fed including the disciples who are involved in the distribution. We often talk about what you put in, you get back shed loads. Uh, I hope you've heard that expression mm-hmm. before. And and I think it's an encouragement for us to roll our sleeves up, not getting into the operational nature, nature of school, but in the strategic discussions and decisions and solution finding. And we will benefit as a governing board, as individuals as from, from that process. Um, in fact, I, I think one of the things about school governance is you do get more out of it than you put in. <laughs> And the more you put mm. in, the more you get out of Massively. it. Massively. People's personal personalities, characteristics, uh, life experiences, uh, their future job prospects or careers uh, when they change through learning on the ground in governance. So important to recognise you get much, much more back than you give 
uh, uh, to the, the the nature of the school. That's not why you do it, but it is a very real outcome to um, the benefits of uh, school governance, which is why it's great to be involving younger people in school governance these days. Um and uh, not just simply saying we need people with these skills. I know this isn't a popular thing to say, but yes, of course you need people with skills. But how about people who will learn skills? How about people who will yes. develop in character through being part of uh, the governing board at your school? So I hope at least some of those thoughts will be beneficial to you. Uh, from that story of the feeding of the 4,000, I would recommend you go back to Matthew 15. It's verses 29 to 39. Give it a read and see if you find those uh, those lessons that we've tried to share this, uh, in this episode um, will be helpful to you and your governing board. Why not make that part of a reflection at the beginning of a meeting in the future so that people hear from you as you've opened the book and thought about this particular incident in the life of Jesus. Anything to add, Dawn, before we close in prayer? Um, the only other thing I was going to add, Mike, is if people have got Bible passages that they'd like us to look at and open the book in these podcasts, uh, we're promising nothing but put it in the comments um, and we'd love to hear and we'll see what we can include. That would be great. Yeah, we, we'd love to start hearing from people, wouldn't we? Who mm, We would these uh, podcasts not just that so we know you've not just downloaded it. i can tell how many people have downloaded uh, but but what difference they've made how they've helped you or supported you or what questions they've raised um, we'd love to include um suggestions for topics for example if you've got other things you'd like us to deal with uh, and of course if you have a question uh come on ask some nice difficult questions that i can ask dawn <laughs> And then together we can... We or can. I can ask Mike. <laughs> so thank you very much, Dawn, and for, uh, for this session, this episode. Let me close in prayer and then we will close off. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the model that Jesus has given us as to how we can best engage with each other as teams and in problem-solving, decision-making, and doing the very best for everyone uh, that we serve on our governing boards. Build us up as teams, we pray, and help us as we relate and engage with our staff and pupils to do the best that we can for the glory of your name. We ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So until next time, thank you for listening. And remember, God is still on the case whenever and at all times. God bless.